Amen. Well, good morning. I want to say a special welcome to all of you who are new here today. My name is Alex, and I'm really thrilled that you're joining us here on New Year's Eve. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of things here this morning, whether you're in person or online. What we're all about is really simple. It's all about connecting, connecting people to God, connecting people to each other. So together we can engage our world for good. We hope you experience a little bit of all those things here this morning. Before we jump into what we're going to talk about here, just a few things to celebrate. We had a fantastic Christmas Eve. I mean, amazing, amazing, wonderful. I want to say a special thank you to all the volunteers. Some of you worked two services, three services because people are out of town and busy. Uh, thank you so much to the volunteers who helped make it happen. And thanks to all y'all who invited friends and shared on social media. We, we had like all kinds of records. Last year we had 812 people on, on, New Year, on Christmas Eve. This year we had 1,090 people on, uh, on New Year's Eve. So just a crazy uh, amount of growth. That's like a far and away a record. That's all, you know, all five services, both campuses. And, and even more than that, when we invited people to, to drop off and leave response cards and just to invite them to sort of share with us what God was doing and how we might come alongside, we had over 50 people leave behind response cards indicating that God was doing something in their lives. We're following up with all those folks and about seven of them indicated they wanted to walk with Jesus for the first time and the first time in a long time. So just a lot of good things happening. Just praise God and thank you again so much for all the, all the ways you were part of making Christmas Eve a really special, wonderful night. And as we talked about earlier, we also launched the Christmas Hope Fund, which is we're helping, for North Chatham, we're helping a guy named Carlton on disability get back on his feet, break cycles of poverty by giving him a used car, which we're super excited about. And in uh, Pittsburgh, we're getting uh, about 10 laptops for the Salvation Army, so folks looking for jobs can do some job searching, that kind of thing. That's a full-time job, right? If you look for a job, it's a full-time job. So uh, we're trying to make it easier for people to break out of cycles of poverty. In the Saturday email, we said, I said that we, were, we had reached our goal, but actually some of that has moved. So we need about another $1,000 to $1,500 to complete all of that work. But we're, we're like well on our way. We're over $5,000 given toward that. Another 1000 to 1500 and we'll be all set. And next Sunday, it looks like Carlton's going to be here with us. So we'll get you to hand him the keys, pray a blessing over him, and send him into 2024 with uh, new opportunities and new resources to hopefully break cycles of poverty. So we're super excited about that. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for making all that a possibility. Here we are today on New Year's Eve. We wanted to talk about how does the hope of Christmas feed into the hope of a brand new year. Now, how many of you are New Year's resolution people? New Year's, you got a few New Year's resolutions? Uh, one or two in mind? Yeah, I see some hands. How many of you think know that they're an exercise in total futility? And know that that's like a total, yes, I see some of you raise your hand twice on that. I totally appreciate that. Now, I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of a person, but here's what I think is true for almost all of us. Almost all of us would love to see something new in 2024 or something fixed in 2024, right? Some area of our life, we'd love to see God do something new in this new year. Or would you fix, would you repair a relationship or a situation or a job or career? Some of us have things we want to see God do. I want to put those in two different buckets here as we go into sort of thinking about what God might do here into 2024. Two different buckets. There are things that we have to own and there are things that only God can do. Some things we have to own. There's things that you want to see new or repaired or fixed, and you have significant influence over that. Anywhere from 25% to 100%, you can actually make a difference in that, right? Anything from getting in shape to eating healthier to working on your finances to even repairing a relationship. And what I want to say to, to those of us who have things in mind we'd love to see new or repaired is if there's some things that you need to own, that is really, really good work. Go do it. The Lord is with you. God loves you, and I want to invite you to prayerfully, today, tomorrow, roll up your sleeves and do some work before the Lord. What might you need to do to own what's yours to own to step into the new thing you long to see happen or the thing you long to see repaired or fixed in 2024? 
Now, that's good holy work, but for all of us, there's going to come something in that second category, things that only God can do, right? There's some things we're up against that only God can fix. That could be a health situation, right? That could be a relationship that you've tried and tried. You've done everything you can to repair it. Now you're just waiting on the other person to respond. That could be a, a certain, some situations, a job situation or a thing that you can't move the needle on or, or budge. There are some things that only God can do. That might even be things that you have done in the past that you regret, mistakes that you made, that you can't go back and undo, but the consequences continue to linger. My friends, as we go into 2024, I've got some really, really good news. Jesus is Lord in 2024. And it's a leap year, so you have an extra day to walk with Jesus. 366 days to walk with Jesus all next year. He is for you. He is with you. Listen, every day of 2024, Jesus is already waiting there for you. He's already got there first. He set the table. He's got new mercies waiting for you every single day of 2024. And no matter what you're up against or what you're facing, where you long to see something new or repaired, the Lord is at work. The Lord is with you. And there are places where God's going to have to write a redemption story that are beyond, that's beyond your ability to generate or to write. And that's where we are as we go back to Isaiah chapter 9 today. Now, Isaiah chapter 9 was actually the passage we looked at on Christmas Eve, but there's so much good stuff happening there, we wanted to pick it back up and, and sort of look at the context and fill it out a little bit. So in Isaiah chapter 9, it opens with some bad news and reflecting on some hard things that have happened recently in Israel's past. And remember, we're in the Old Testament here, and this is sort of uh, several hundred years before Jesus is born. This is Isaiah 9, starting in verse 1. It writes this. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, God humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. All right, now this past fall, we did a series looking at the whole of the Old Testament fits together and the timeline of the whole Old Testament. This is the timeline we used for that. So let's talk about sort of when this is all happening, when Isaiah is writing this. So uh, a major event happens in the Old Testament. Remember this, that we, uh, they have a split. They have a, a civil war, northern kingdom, Israel, southern kingdom, Judah, a major civil war. And then uh, in 722, the northern kingdom, which is never faithful to God, they have no faithful kings. They re reject all God's warnings. Uh, the, the capital of the northern kingdom, Samaria, falls. The Assyrians come through and just wipe them all out. So that's, that's, that's sort of in the, in the rearview mirror. Now there's all kinds of debates around when Isaiah was actually written, but most people think it's around 700-ish or the years after. So you see Samaria fall in 720, falls in 722. Isaiah's writing just 20 or 30 years after this where he's reflecting on what's just happened. In fact, he writes that God has humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. Those are all northern kingdom regions that have just been conquered within the last 20 or 30 years. So God has humbled them because of their disobedience. And there was consequences to their disobedience. God had warned them, God had warned them, and they refused. And so God humbled them. Now here's the thing. When we sin, anytime we sin and drift off of God's path, it is a gift to us that there are consequences. Because here's the deal. If there weren't consequences, we might keep walking further and further away from God, might we? We got to hit a wall. Sometimes that wall is God's intervention where he says, no, affirm no. Just something that we've been chasing after that's far from him. Sometimes the, the wall we hit isn't sort of God's discipline. It's just the natural consequences of us chasing after the wrong gods. So, for example, if you're a workaholic and you hit burnout, have a mental emotional breakdown, your marriage falls apart and your kids resent you, that's not God out to get you. That's just the natural consequences of you worshiping the wrong God, the God of work. Sometimes there's natural consequences. Sometimes God disciplines those that he loves. Regardless, either way... 
in this story, in this situation, God has humbled the people in the northern kingdom, the land, these lands. And Isaiah's going to talk about hope here in just a minute, but I want to pause here and just ask a question. Anyone feel like you're carrying over some things that you regret from 2023 into 2024? Any of you feel like you're carrying in baggage, consequences, decisions that were made? The northern kingdom, they made a mess of a whole bunch of things. And they can't fix it, they can't repair it. There's nothing they can do to make things right again. The scriptures talk about the story of the northern kingdom and what's happened to them. God has sort of brought them into the consequences of their sin. And there's nothing they can do to fix it. So here's the good news for the people of the Old Testament and for you and me today. As some of us are carrying our own sense of consequences or regrets or mistakes that were made last year or five years ago that continue to haunt us and plague us. When there's problems that we have created or consequences that we can't fix, here's what Isaiah says God's going to do. In the future, God will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. So God's going to honor Galilee of the nations beyond the Jordan. In fact, that's the northern kingdom that just fell, plus more. Isn't this crazy? This is the crazy part of what God's going to do. He's not only going to repair what was broken, he's going to make it bigger and better and better. He's going to gather up more people beyond the nations, all the nations. God is going to do this crazy, marvelous thing. In spite of the fact that the people have rebelled, in spite of the fact that there's consequences, in spite of the fact that they have brought their own kind of shame upon them, God is so committed to his work and his people, he's going to do this crazy thing to regather his people plus move out to all the nations. So here's how this whole thing works. Here's a nice little formula for you. There's sin. There's consequences. There are consequences that you can't fix or repair. So what God does is steps in. And God extends honor and blessing to beyond before. God extends honor and blessing to beyond just repairing and fixing what's gone wrong, what's gone sideways. He is going to extend honor and blessing to beyond to all the nations. In fact, he talks about, Isaiah writes, Galilee of the nations. So Sunday school kids, time to shine. What region was Jesus from? Galilee. What region was almost, were almost all his disciples from? Also from Galilee. So what does Jesus, a Galilean, say? One of his last words to a his group of 11 guys who are mostly Galileans. He says, I want you to go out to all the nations. Make disciples of all the nations. All these Galileans are going to be the springboard. The place that's been conquered, the place that's been overrun in Isaiah's day, is going to be so redeemed that from this place that is now a wasteland, God's going to do something that no one could ask or imagine. He's going to not only fix that, he's going to redeem the whole world through a land that's been conquered and overrun. Blessing and honor to and beyond. My friends, what if there are places in your life that you can do nothing more about? Relationships you can't repair anymore. Nothing more you can fix, nothing more you can do. What if this passage is an invitation to you and to me to pray blessing and honor to and beyond that situation? To not just repair it, to get it back to where it once was, but to actually have that whole thing overflow to blessing far beyond that. What if this might be a prayer for you going to 2024? God, would you bring honor and blessing to and beyond whatever your situations are? God, would you bring honor and blessing to and beyond whatever your situation is right here, right now. Not just, not just to repair things in my life or fix things in my life, but that the, the work of God might overflow me and my situation to others. 
many, many years ago, uh, when my kids were really little, we were on a really tight budget. We were like, you know, poor, young family, young kids, all that kind of thing. And uh, our margins were super, super tight. And I was a little bit anxious about money and those sort of things. I was praying about it. We were doing everything we could to try to manage our money and be responsible and those sort of things. But it was tight. And then we had an unexpected gift uh, from a distant family member. Like it, was, it wasn't like crazy amounts, but it was a, like a little bit margin, a little bit relief, right? We could kind of put some money in savings and have money in savings. Like that was a good feeling. And, and, and in the midst of that gift, I felt like this was a gift from God. And what I felt like we had to do was it wasn't just for us. We had to give some of it away. We had to give some of it away. Because we had to remember our salvation and our hope wasn't in money. It was in God over all money, right? Our salvation and hope wasn't in money. It was the one who was Lord over all money, who gave us his gift. So we gave a small gift to a friend of ours from college who was a missionary in Africa. It was a gift to her, and it was a really good gift to us to keep us to remember that the gifts and, and the blessings come to us, but they are to extend beyond us. God, would you expend, extend glory and honor to and beyond your relationship with your kids, small kids, teenage kids, adult kids. God, would you bring blessing and honor to that relationship so that it might overflow, not just to bless me or this person, but to bless them and their friends, their family, their spouse. Some of you have really strained, hard relationships with adult children. I've been talking to many people who are in that place. God, would you bring honor and blessing to restore, repair that, but also not just to fix that, but to, to extend that blessing beyond other people. God, would you bring blessing and honor to my body for my medical situation? Obviously to heal my body, but beyond that, that I might have a story to tell of a good and gracious God who brings comfort to those who are sick and struggling, who brings healing to those who are sick and struggling. Could I have a story to tell to other people who are in my same boat? God, would you bring blessing and honor to me in my workplace? Not like to both establish and advance my work and, and, and bless me in my work, but not just for me, but to bless all those I work with, my colleagues, my coworkers, my boss, the people I supervise. God, would you bring blessing and honor to me and through me, beyond me, to bless other people? God, would you bring blessing and honor to me in the classroom, my schoolwork, my classmates, teenagers, middle school, high school students, being an instrument of God's grace and mercy, glory and honor to you and through you, to your teammates on the soccer field or to the places wherever God has you. Could God bring blessing and honor to you and beyond you to repair broken things, to start something new? A prayer for you going into 2024. Because Isaiah is making these crazy great promises that to an over, overgrown, overrun wasteland in his day, God's going to bring something new. God's going to repair something and not just repair it, but have it overflow to blessing and honor to and beyond. Now, Isaiah is so confident this is going to happen that he continues to write about it in the present and the past tense as if it's already a done deal. Here's how Isaiah describes what God's going to do as he continues to unpack this vision for the future. The people walking in darkness, he writes, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, already looking ahead to the day when the nation's going to gather up more and more people and increase their joy. They rejoice before you, O oh God. All that's going to happen is going to result in worship and praise. As people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. All right, so here rejoicing is all about worship of God and celebrating before God uh, in the midst of God doing things that human beings can't do. And there's two images, uh, rejoicing as if over a harvest and rejoicing like warriors dividing the victors and the spoils of war. Now, again, this is emphasizing God's going to do this crazy great thing that humans can't do. And there's going to result in rejoicing, celebration to him. But I was really touched by these images of harvest 
and sort of warriors getting the, the, the spoils as a way of thinking about how you might need to go into 2024. What kind of work you might need to do going into 2024. So let's look at these two different images and just kind of drill down into them as like a little bit of an off-ramp just because it's fun. Let's do it. Harvest. Let's talk about harvest. Harvest is this. Harvest is the fruitful result of hard work over a long period of time overcoming natural challenges, right? Harvest means that you have tended the land. You've taken care of things, right? You've, you've sowed. It takes a long time for the harvest to come, right? So this is a, this is a long-term ongoing work. That you're having to clear out things and, and tend to things, right? God designed the world such that, the way God designed the world initially, that when you put the right good in, good always came back to you, right? Put an apple tree, apple seed down, apple tree grows up. It's true in the relational world. You invest in relationships with love and respect. What comes back to you is healthy relationships and human beings that are flourishing. It's true in the work world. That the way that God designed the world is if you have a great idea and you put time and effort and energy to it, if you, if you are a good worker and you do good work, it should bear good fruit. It blesses people around you. It produces good things. God designed this whole world, the whole environment to go that when we invest the right kind of energies and time into it, good comes back to us. Now, sin has kind of corrupted that whole thing, right? So, so, so sin has disrupted this environment where God created, where everything was supposed to work exactly how it was supposed to work. Now, you can sow seeds, but also other things start springing up as well. Thorns and thistles to choke out the plant that you sowed. You can sow love and respect into co-workers, colleagues, a business, a child, and they can betray you on the other side of it. You can work hard, work hard, work hard at a great product or a, a good service or a good solution, and no one buys it. It doesn't work. It doesn't take, right? So sin has disrupted this environment that God created that initially you put the right kind of energy or in, in, in investment into it. Good always came out of it. So here's what God's done for all of us. You have a sphere of influence. That's the place that God's given you to tend to. And part of our job is a sphere of influence at your family, your workplace, at school. Part of your job in your sphere of influence is to, do, to work the harvest. That is to clear out the thorns, the thistles, the greed, the gossip, the lust, the selfishness. To do everything you can to kind of clear out the, 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 the field that God's entrusted you with. And then to sow seeds of faith, hope, love, wisdom, courage. Patiently tending to the people around you, the situation God has given to you. So we tend to our own hearts, clean out the weeds, sow seeds of good things in there, prayer, worship, scripture. And then we look around us and say, where has God sent me to invest in people, invest in situations to try to bring good out of broken things or to push back weeds and help good things to grow? My friends, for some of you, that's the way to describe the work God has for you in 2024, right? Some of, you need, some of you, there's a work that God has for you. Long-term investment over a long period of time where you're gonna have to overcome some natural challenges of just living in a fallen world. And for some of you, that's the work you're gonna need to start. Some of you have been pushing off that, pushing off that, pushing off that. There's a field that God's calling you to tend and you've been trying to avoid it, avoid it. And God's saying, no, 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 in 2024, I want you to step into this work. It's not gonna be quick. It's not gonna be short. It's a, it's a thing that you need to tend to in a, in, a, in a new kind of way. Others of you, you've been, Harvest, you've been tending, 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 and right now it's harvest time. Like right now there's good things happening in your relationships, good things happening in your work, good things that's happening all around you. And you're like, man, we want to celebrate that with you. In some ways, Christmas Eve was a result of that. Christmas Eve was a little bit like that, where we like sow seeds all fall of Chatham Serves and the new trunk or treat thing we did. We sent out mailers and flyers and invitations. But you know what? Every day from December 1st to December 24th, we had people praying over every chair in this space from December 1st to December 24th. You know what we're doing with that? It's tilling the soil, tilling the soil, tilling the soil. And then on Christmas Eve, what a beautiful harvest. What a beautiful result. 
For some of you, you're in that place of celebration. For others of you, you've been tending and tending and tending the same soil for a long, long, long time. And God's word to you is don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. The Lord is for you. There's a community here that love to come alongside you, encourage you, pray for you. That is good, holy work. There will be a harvest. Now, sometimes the harvest isn't exactly what you hoped or thought it would be, but there will be a harvest in you and around you. Keep at it. Isaiah has this beautiful image of rejoicing on the other side of a harvest, on the other side of a long period of work, fighting back natural elements to see good things produced. The other image he has is like warriors dividing the plunder. This is a little bit different, right? A, a, a warrior situation is a very intensive situation with a clear enemy, and to the victor goes the spoils, right? There's a clear enemy, a clear winner, a clear loser. Some of you are going into 2024, and it's, it's already clear to you, or it's going to become clear very soon that there's something set against you, and it's a winner-take-all situation. It could be a circumstance at work. It could be a medical situation. It could be a relationship where, man, things are just going to go one way or the other. There's going to be a clear winner, a clear loser, and the winner takes the spoils. And there's a call on, from the Lord to be willing to go to battle, to be, be willing to go to, to work. Two and a half years ago, we were just... Six months out from Christmas Eve, 2021, and we were working fast and furious on this building. And this building was turning into a long, protracted, like, trench warfare. It was just going on and on and on. And we had a goal. We wanted to get in here by Christmas Eve, 2021. And Michelle Stith was doing a great job. She was headlining and working this whole project. And, and about, six, about six months before Christmas Eve, she got a word from the Lord, the quote from the psalm, the battle belongs to the Lord. Felt like a battle. We kept having setback and setback and setback, and it felt like a battle, it felt like a challenge, and we just kept praying over and over and over again, the battle belongs to the Lord, the battle belongs to the Lord, the battle belongs to the Lord. Man, those last couple months, I mean, we got like something, like literally, like by, on December 5th, we got more bad news, look like it wasn't going to happen. On December 19th, we got more bad news, look like it wasn't going to happen. Like literally, we got in like the last possible minute we could get our certificate of occupancy, like before they closed down the offices for the holidays, we got in like T-minus 15 minutes before they shut the door and called it a year in the, in the county offices. The battle belonged to the Lord. He gave us the victory in that particular moment, and it was a beautiful celebration. We came in here, opened at Christmas Eve 2021, singing joy to the world. There was a lot of joy and a bunch of tears for a bunch of us who had been laboring and laboring and laboring in a battle that we said was we're either going to hit Christmas Eve or we're not going to hit Christmas Eve. It was a clear winner, clear loser, and in that instance, the Lord was good and kind to fight for us, to give us the outcome we wanted. My friends, some of you are in a battle. You're up against hard stuff. Clear winner, clear loser. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's giving you a community of people around you. We'll pray with you. We'll fight with you. In any way possibly can, we'll come alongside you. I want to invite you to continue to know the good work of the Lord, to continue to do the good work of the Lord. Now, some of these situations, you're the underdog, and you feel it. But Isaiah is also very aware that uh, the people of Israel are also underdogs as they've been conquered by the Assyrians as they're up against other enemies that are much more formidable than they are. And so Isaiah declares this good news that God's gonna continue to be faithful because God loves to work with underdogs. Here's the description that Isaiah picks up in verse four. He says this, for as in the days of Midian's defeat, God, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them with bar across their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor. So Midian was a foreign nation that plagued Israel hundreds of years before Isaiah was writing this. And do you know where they mostly kind of plagued and picked at Israel? Mostly at Zebulon and Naphtali and Galilee, the same regions that Isaiah just talked about. So the Midianites were kind of Israel's enemies. 
And what God did was he moved into their lives and he delivered them from the Midianites. He broke the yoke. And the way that God set them free was he called a man named Gideon. Gideon fought against the Midianites. And so when God calls Gideon, you know what Gideon says? I'm not good enough. You got the wrong guy. My family's nothing. I'm a nobody. And you know what God says? I love working through nobodies. You know what God loves to do? I love working through normal people. You know what God loves to do? I love to take people who don't think that they're anybody, don't think that God can do anything. I love to gather those people up and pour honor and blessing and restore broken things through normal people. My friends, if you're up against it, if you're the underdog in the fight of your life or one of the biggest fights you've ever been up against, if you feel the weight of that here today, I got really good news. God delights to pour honor and blessing through underdogs just like you. To restore broken things. And to bring honor and blessing to and beyond those broken things to do his new thing. In fact, Isaiah declares that God's going to do this crazy new thing. He says this, ultimately, every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Isaiah's saying, no more battles, no more wars. We're going to be done with all this. Now, how's all this going to happen? How is honor and blessing going to be extended to and beyond all the nations? How's there going to be no more war? How was, there, how was the Lord going to restore rejoicing and celebration? How is this all going to be happening? In the past, what God has done is he's picked people like Gideon or like David who were overlooked and kind of normal people, people that no one expected. In the past, this is what God's done. But Isaiah says God's going to do something totally new to make this final good work happen. Isaiah declares God's going to send a Christmas child. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, always speaking the truth in love because the truth sets us free. Speaking wisdom to help us sort through the challenges and complexity of everyday life. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. That is to give us power to break through our opposition or to give us power to be resilient in the face of our opposition and challenges. Everlasting Father that God might invite us all into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we might be invited into community with God and community with, the, with his son whom he loves and the prince of peace, the authority and the power to plant peace in any situation, to make you a person of peace in any situation. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. My friends, God is zealously committed to bring honor and blessing to and beyond the nations. But how he's going to do that is totally counterintuitive. He's going to bring blessing and honor to and beyond the nations by embracing humility and sacrifice and shame for himself. That's how God's going to bring honor and blessing to the nations, to you and to me. And today as we celebrate communion here in just a few minutes, we rejoice and the child that was born, the son that was given to us. And we call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. We invite him to be our Prince of Peace. We step into the hope he offers us for 2024 and beyond. As we come to this meal, the place of his sacrifice, to set you and I free. To take our broken places and not only to fix them, but to make them new.
today our wildly important take home. I just want to give you this prompt and this prayer one more time. God, in 2024, would you bring honor and blessing to and beyond your situations here. Now, if you're here and live in person, there were no cards on your, on your seat and there's a pen in the seat pocket in front of you. I want to invite you, as we move to a time of communion, I'm going to give you some time. I want to invite you to spend some time praying this prayer. I want to invite you to kind of write down this prompt on the card, as much of the prompt as you want, and then just write down wherever you want God to bring honor and blessing to and beyond in whatever situation you're in, wherever you feel the pain, wherever you long for God to do something new, you have hope for, you're excited about, or you're struggling and you're in trouble. God, would you bring honor and blessing to and beyond wherever God has placed you or whatever God's put on your heart. If you're at home, we're going to invite you to do the same thing, to find a pen and a paper and then gather up some communion elements because we're all going to eat and drink these communion elements together and we're going to spend some time kind of in prayer together offering God the places where we long to see him move to bring blessing and honor to us and beyond us. And as we move to our time of communion, here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to spend some time reflecting on this and I want to invite you to bring these note cards up and just lay them on the table to exchange, the, exchange these prayers for the zeal of the Lord that he would give his son as a sacrifice for you and for me. So your prayer is, God, would you bring blessing and honor to and beyond these places where I'm struggling or I have hope or dreams and then God, in exchange for this prayer, I'm taking the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, the one who has come to set me free. We're going to give you time to do that here in just a few minutes. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he did what he's always doing. He took ordinary things and made them extraordinary. He took ordinary bread and he broke it, said, this is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup. He said, this cup is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in memory, remembrance of me. His friends had no idea what was going on, but the night unfolded like a nightmare. He was betrayed by one of them, arrested, run through a mock trial, hung on a cross to die. On the third day, God raised him up, King of kings, Lord of lords, of, of his kingdom, of his righteousness, of his justice. There will be no end because he's the resurrected king. So we gather around this table as Christians have for 2,000 years to celebrate the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, his sacrifice for us. And on New Year's Eve, we offer him our hopes, our dreams, our situations, the things we want to see new happen, the things we want to see repaired, fixed happen. And we pray the same blessing that Isaiah prayed over the people of Israel, that God would bring blessing and honor to those places and beyond those places. He is so zealous to see this happen, he put on flesh. Gave up his life for you and for me. And so as you come today, I invite you to bring these requests and these note cards. Again, you can leave them at the stations as an exchange. God, I'm trusting you with the situation and I want you to hear this prayer. And I'm receiving the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now some of you have things on this card or maybe things you can't even write on this card because it's so heavy, it's so hard. You're carrying this burden. Maybe you've been carrying it alone for a long, long, long time. Today, as we always do on Communion Sundays, well, the prayer team is going to be available right there through those curtains. And some of you have stuff on this card that not just you need to pray over, you need help praying over. You need someone else to jump in with you to work this harvest, to work this land, to work this problem because it's been so heavy on you. I want to invite you, I want to plead with you, don't miss this opportunity on New Year's Eve to receive a fresh blessing from your God and Savior and Father. Go get some prayer. Take the communion elements. And let the Lord minister to you in ways that you might need to be ministered to today as you wrap up maybe what's been a really, really hard 2023 and look ahead to what you hope to be a new 2024. I want to invite you to step in in a new way, to be more, more open 
for what the Lord of the Spirit might do for you. At the tables, there's three tables, two in the front, one in the back. Bread is gluten-free, cup is grape juice, so everyone is invited, easier to get in. Uh, I do want to say that if you're a Christian, if you've declared your faith in the Lord Jesus to buy believers somewhere, then this meal is open to you, no matter what church is that or background you've been in. If you're not yet a Jesus follower, if you haven't been baptized, have not committed your life to Jesus, we're so glad you're here. We just invite you and ask you to pass on these elements and to sit in the song we're going to sing, to sit maybe with this prayer and ask the Lord, maybe this, is, maybe this year, 2024, is the year where you come alive and awake to a God who loves you and is for you. And if you want to get prayer, please, by all means, go get prayer. And maybe even a prayer to receive the grace and mercy of Jesus once and for all, maybe for the first time in a long time, and step into 2024, a new year with new hope. I'm going to pray for us. I invite you to spend as much time as you want to with these cards and these prayers. Then come up and get these elements. Please hold the elements and we'll eat and drink them together. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and stepping into broken things that need repair and making them not only fixed again, whole again, but to bring blessing and honor to them and beyond them to bless other people. Lord, on these cards, some of us have got some really hard things, some heavy things. Some of us have some hopeful things we're excited about, we're looking forward to. Lord, some of them are just longing. Some of them are things that we need to go attend to. Some of them are fields we've been working and working and working for a long, long time. Come, Lord Jesus, would you stir in our hearts whatever prayer you, you want to invite us to pray into this new year? And then would we be bold to pray it, blessing and honor to and beyond whatever situations are burdening us or that we're looking forward to today? And then, Lord, would we come up confidently to these tables, certain of your love for us. The zeal of the Lord has already accomplished so much for us. And so we trust the goodness of God as we step into this meal, these prayers, and this new year. We ask your blessing now on these elements that, we, that they might awaken in us faith, hope, love and reassure our uncertain and fickle hearts that you are God who loves us. Come Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name.